I had not walked into the room, uh, I will not be here tonight. <laughs> I was exhausted to sleep. <laughs> hey, why are you laughing? It's not funny. <laughs> But as believers, please learn not to allow your life to be governed by what you see and what you're hearing. Only by God's word. Because the things that you see, they are subject to change. The word of God does not change. Because the word of God is God. And God says, I change not. There is no other God except the Word. The Word of God is God. And the Word does not change. So I stay with the Word because the Word will not change. No matter what's going on, my life has to line up with what the Word says. And that's what works for us. And that's what God is doing with us as believers. Is trying to train us to just depend on the word alone. Nothing else. Food for your body to live and the word. That's all we need. The word will bring every other thing to us and make us comfortable. Food is for you to be stay alive, to keep your physical self alive. But every other thing is supplied through the word. Every other thing. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's all we are learning to do. Because Satan is always trying to make us move from the word. Deviate from the word. And just a little deviation causes us a lot of trouble. And so we always have to be reminded, because we're humans, go back to the Word. Go back to the Word. Not how you feel. And the message tonight drives that home. Not what you see, but what the Word says. Not what you feel, not what they're saying. It's what the Word of God says. And if you stay with the Word, the Word will carry you. The Word will hold you up. You can walk on water, not on your own, but on the word. Come. That's the way we have to live, according to the word of God. Uh, tonight, the title, Find It in the Deep. Whatever you're looking for, uh, find it in the deep. It's our preachers get just from this one thing. Uh, we can bring a lot of stuff out by God's grace uh, to help us understand some of, or some of the things that God's trying to show us through the stories that are given in the scriptures to help us understand one thing, just one thing, the way of the Lord, the way God does his things. If you stay there, you don't have to be anxious. If you're anxious, you've moved away from it. It keeps you in peace. It's called the way of peace. You read in the scripture? It's the way of peace. We'll talk more about that on Sunday. 
So I'm asking you to come back, okay? <laughs> Luke 5, we talked about the story. Beginning, from, We talked about uh, the fact that the multitudes came to hear Jesus, and Jesus took Peter's boat that was inactive and spoke from the boat. And then uh, when he has stopped speaking, that's what we're reading tonight, Luke 5 verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. When he had stopped speaking, Peter had loaned him his boat. And then last week I asked you, if you're here for the first time, what do you have that God can borrow from you for a while? For one purpose, to spread the word. If you have anything, money, your time, lack of sleep, whatever it is that God can take from you, just to, just your life, something from you, to borrow from you, to reach out to some person that needs him or needs to hear his word. When he's through speaking, when he's through spreading the word, he's coming after you for a reward. And that reminds me of what Jesus said. If you give just a little cup of water to one of these little ones that are coming to me, you will in no wise, he said, lose your reward. We hear these things and we don't believe there is a reward coming. For everything you do for God in this life and in the life to come, it, the reward will find you. Can I hear an amen? That reward will find you. It's coming to you. So Jesus spoke to Simon because he used Simon's boat. He did not use John's boat, so he never spoke to John. The one who launched out, who pushed the boat out, was the one Jesus spoke to. But you know, Peter was listening as well. I don't think Peter said, okay, you can preach. Let me go back to cleaning my net. No, he stayed there and heard the word. And then after Jesus spoke, he said, Simon, he told Simon, now launch out into the deep. And he says, and Simon answered and said to him, Master. So you know he recognized who he was talking to. I believe he knew Jesus. He was acquainted with Jesus. He knew of him. He's been with him. In my mind, he had been with him in Cana, where Jesus turned water into wine. And Jesus left Nazareth after the meeting. Jesus left Nazareth and went to Capernaum uh, to live in Capernaum. That's why Capernaum is the capital of the ministry of Jesus when he was on earth. He was born out of Capernaum. Everything was Capernaum. Jesus left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum. But Capernaum, that's where they did their business. So guess what they did? They went right back to their business. They went back to their business. And so in my mind, Jesus was looking for them. But there was a crowd following him, and they were pressing at him, on him, just to hear the word. My thinking is, you need a better place than the shore of a river for a crowd, a multitude. Point. No matter where you are, he's coming after you. Amen? Just to get you in his team. 
to get you in his team to follow him and be a member of his team. You are that important to him. But in my mind, that's what was going on. He went after Peter. And we'll come into this later. And not just Peter, but Peter, James, and John. They own the other ship. Peter and Andrew, one ship, James, and they had servants. And John, if you read another gospel, John, James, their father, Zebedee, was with them in the boat. So everyone was seeing a miracle. We can get back to that, that Jesus performed. In my mind, that was the second miracle they seen. First one, couldn't explain it, water turned into wine. Since that was the first miracle that Jesus did. And his disciples, they believed in him. They believed in him. Simon says, answers and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and cut nothing. Nevertheless, because you said so. Amen? Just because you said so. In his mind, uh, uh, I know something about this. Uh, but I've seen you talk about drawing water and putting it in the pot. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> Does it make sense to you? I'm not going to argue with you. Doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do what he said. Amen? So he says, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners. So they had partners, James and John. Sometimes we forget that the saints were people like us. Amen? They used the bathroom as well. Okay? That's not as funny. <laughs> I'm just trying to say they were humans just like us. We forget. The saints and we have this halo around their heads. And we don't realize they had feelings, thoughts, disagreements, fights, just like us. But they believed. And they walked with Jesus. And then the miracles. That says to me, ordinary people can do great things if we agree with them. They were just like me. They were just like me. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that the boats began to sink. Didn't sink, but they began to sink. What we are talking about, or what I want to focus on first, is the fact that nothing. We said that last week, there is nothing precious on earth that you can find on the surface. You can't go out collecting gold nuggets on the surface. Things that are precious are always in the deep. And you know the scripture, scripture, deep calls out to deep. So if you're not willing to launch into the deep, you may never really find precious things. That's what Jesus told them to do. Your glory depends on how deep you want to go. 
God wants us to carry his glory. You know, Jesus said in John 17, the glory you have given to me, the glory you gave me, I have given to them. That's serious. But to find that glory, you won't find it in the surface. Deep calls out to deep. It depends on how deep you want to go with God. How deep? How wide? The love of God. It's like a man searching. You seek and you will find. You don't seek, you won't find. You hunger and you're filled for righteousness. You have no hunger, you won't search. It's got to come from the inside, deep, to get that which is precious. So the Bible tells us in Second Kings 19 verse 30, And the remnants who have escaped of the house of Judah, if you have escaped from the world and God has brought you to himself, shall again take root, how? Downward. You take root downward. You build your house on the rock. You put something to it. Deep calls out to deep. They will plant their roots downward. They shall again take root downward and bear fruit where? Upward. That's the way it works. The remnant you chosen by God, you've come in. Don't forget about the rest of them. We are not running a group race. It's an individual race. And, and the Bible says, don't compare yourself with another person. It's only foolish people do things like that. Because if you compare yourself to another person, you think you're doing so well. But your assignment is different from their assignment, and you don't, can't look at them. You go as deep as God's calling you to go. You are a part of that remnant. Plant downward, sink your roots downward into the deep so that you can produce fruit upward. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. The remnant that escaped from Judah shall again. So maybe you did it before. That's the danger with Christians. Your life has become ordinary. They were with Jesus. They were excited. Then they went back to the ordinary. And Jesus is calling them. Come out of that. They shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. So the deeper you go, the more of God. And then that scripture says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Well, for man, he seems so far away. Right? But as you go deeper to get him, he comes closer. You don't have to go that far. Draw near to God. God will draw near to you. When you're not feeling God in your life, guess what? You moved away. You moved. But if you move back towards him, he'll move closer. That's just the way it works. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9 He says, now, talking about Jesus, and this is the principle. What you must do, this is what my advice is. When you read scriptures, it's one thing to remember them. But every time you read scripture, 
try to locate a principle or what I call the way of the Lord. Everything is called truth, revelation. Once you get your hand around it, you're free. It's a principle. You know, sharing with somebody about what I know, I believe God has delivered that to me. Nobody tells me. I can't get my understanding that demons don't have a right to do a thing in my life, only what I allow them to do. They can't. They are powerless towards me. Totally powerless. So I had no fear of demons. I will not be scared if Satan showed up in my room. It's like, okay, it's you. That's the way it is. But there was a time I was very afraid of them. But I have no fear of them. Because they are totally powerless towards me. And they can only do to me what I allow. If I don't allow them, they can't. I'm not going into my house anointing the house with oil so that they won't come in there. I don't care if they come in there. Because in my house, that's where Jesus lives. Amen? He says, if you love me, I and my father will come and make our dwelling with you. Guess who the head of my house is? He's Jesus. You come in, he asks, what do you want? He's there. He's Jesus. You believe the scripture? I believe the scripture. Jesus said it, and that's the truth. He's there, and the father is also there in my house. They are family members, and they are the head of the home. So I got nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear. So you understand the principle. So you read the scripture, locate law. That's the same thing for principles. That's, what that means is, this is the way it works. This is the way God has created the universe. And that's the way things work. Until I get a revelation about a, a particular area in the word of God, until I put my hands over it, I suffer. But once my eyes are open in that area, freedom comes. That's what Jesus meant. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You got a hold of principle. You got a hold of the way of the Lord. Then I don't have to be afraid anymore. You have peace from then on. At least in that area. You may struggle in another area where it's still not very light. But until light comes into that area, Satan can do things in your life. This is about Jesus. Notice what he says. And this, now this, he ascended. So that's way up. What does this mean? But that he also first, first what? Descending. That's the way it goes. Deep and then upward. Into the lower parts of the earth. He went way down first. Just like the other scripture we read. Roots down, fruits up. Right? That's what it is. He also descended. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above the heavens. And that he might fill all things. So there is a principle there. Deep calls out to deep. There is a principle there. So what, what we're talking about deep, 
what God is looking for us first. Three things first. First, a deeper relationship with him. To be acquainted with him is different from knowing him. A lot of Christians are acquainted with Jesus. You ask them, you know Jesus? Yeah. They, they don't know him. Knowing him is different. I can know of you or acquainted with you. I know you. I've seen you here. But I don't know you as your husband or your wife. They know you. Your children, they know you. They're right there with you. That's what God's looking for. Not acquaintance. Knowing him. Relationship. A deeper relationship with God. That's how to go deeper. And that's what Jesus was seeking with Peter and his friends. A deeper relationship. Wisdom. This is what Jesus said in John 17, praying to his father, the high priestly prayer. He says, as you have given him authority over all flesh. So Jesus has authority over all flesh. Thank God he has authority over this flesh. Amen. And he has authority over your flesh. Whether you like it or not, God has given him that authority. Amen. Over all flesh. God has given him the authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And then he said this, and this is eternal life. Not that they should be acquainted with him. It says that they may know you. The only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life that swallows up natural life, you can only have that when you know the Father and you know the Son. And of course you know the Son, you know the Holy Spirit. It's knowing Him. Intimately. This word, that the word know, is like the scripture says, and Adam knew it's an intimate relationship with God. And God doesn't force you. You have to want it. God has to see you wanting to go after it. You can do anything you want to do as a Christian. You can decide, I don't want to pray. I don't feel like praying. And he'll let you do it. It's what you want. But what God wants is a for you to know him because in knowing him then you know what eternal life is now let me tell you we are not going to heaven to have eternal life we have eternal life right here and out of eternal life signs and wonders yeah it's the scripture makes it clear i and the children that you have given to me we are for signs and wonders so it's in knowing him that that happens to us. That they may know you. 
the only true God. There is no other God. And Jesus Christ is son that you sent. So I want to know Jesus. It's still a prayer. I know he's hurting. But it's still a prayer. I have a habit of telling Jesus I love you. And, and, it, and it feels good to do that. I'll do it over and over again. I love you, Jesus. And I say that over and over again. And, 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 and tell him what I want out of life. I want to know you. I want to know you better. I want to count for your kingdom. I'm, I appreciate what you've done for me. Uh, you gave your life for me. And, and I'm grateful. But let me, don't let me pass from this world without adding to what a little bit that I can, I can with, to what you've done. Even if it's little. Even if it's little. Give me that privilege. And I'm sure he, he has done that. It has to be, it's, it's, it's whatever you desire. Whatsoever you desire. I have to desire it. And if the desire is not there, I can pray, God, please give me that desire. I feel dry right now. But feeling has nothing to do with it. But I know if I talk to you, that desire will be born in my heart. Give me the desire so I can get where you created me to go to. To get in life. Amen. So we can meet a, a deeper level of relationship. Second thing, you need a deeper level of sacrifice. Sacrifice. We need that. I'm sure Peter's mind, think about it. He's been out all night. He said that. And they're preparing for another night. Not the same day. Right? So there is reluctance. Lord, <laughs> the fish. Can we do this tomorrow? <laughs> How many feel that way? <laughs> I'm tired. Okay? Can we go home and come back and you can bring that command again? I know how it is for us. You know, you're coming back from work, driving through the traffic. For you guys, this is wonderful. You're tired. And God, believe me, he understands you're tired. But then sometimes there's something in your heart that's pulling at you. It's Wednesday night. And you're thinking about it. Guess who's speaking to you? The Father. Most Christians ignore it. And they go home. They go home and rest. And they believe it's okay. And God will leave you. But let me tell you, when you start thinking about the things of God, guess who's speaking to you? The Holy Spirit. He's wooing you. He could have a word. Maybe he has a word for you that will help you go into the deep. But you're tired. Just a little bit more sacrifice. A deeper level of sacrifice. You're not used to waking up in the morning. But all of a sudden, you're tired and your eyes open up. Somebody's feeling convicted tonight. <laughs> okay. 
and, 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 and something tells you, why don't you just pray a little? Guess who is speaking to you? He's pulling you into the deep, just like he gave command. He was the one that gave the command to Peter. Maybe that's what he's doing. He has a word for you. And if you listen, just that one word, your life is transformed. And you missed it. Because you were not willing to make that sacrifice. That doesn't mean you can't pray some other time. I'm not saying that happens every time. But there are times when there is that thought in your heart. He has just spoken to you just like he did Peter. If you listen and you act on it, even though you're tired, you say, at your word, I'll pull myself off this bed. <laughs> and this nice losing that I'm having, and I'll, and I'll talk to you, okay? And I'm really tired. Yeah, just a little bit more. Amen? You sacrifice to give to God. Um, God really appreciates that, especially when it's an ultimate sacrifice and you don't care. It will not only save your life. Let me say something to you. Everything God gives to you is for your benefit and the benefit of everyone he brings around you after that. Yes. That's the way it works. If God allows you to go through a difficult time, he's training you. The problem is not the difficult time. It's what he has in mind after that. And if you make the sacrifice, you benefit and many others benefit. Have you heard the story of Joseph? A lot of sacrifice. A lot of sacrifice. But no complaint. He went, he sailed. That man, I love that man. I want to talk to him one day. I have a lot of questions for this man. <laughs> He's up there. We will see Joseph one day, amen? No complaints. Not a word. Sometimes I'm amazed at this man. He never even said anything about what happened to him. And how he got even to Potiphar. We're not told that. What if, I, from as far as we know in scriptures, what if I had no idea how he became a slave? He said nothing. Just took it. And then later, this revelation from his lips. You meant it for evil, but God allowed me to go through this so he can prepare me for the position to save your life and the life of all of these Egyptians so that they won't die. God allowed him to go through it so that others can be blessed. But he was willing to be the sacrifice, just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Favorite son, right? Make an ultimate sacrifice. Not quite that for Joseph. For the benefit of the world. Are we willing to go deeper with that? That's the issue. This is painful. But God wants you to go through it. Without complaining. 
Because every time you complain, you're set backwards again. And you have to start again. We don't realize that. But that's what we do. Whatever he has in mind, the complaining pushes us backward. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. They kept feeling sorry for themselves and they complained. And if you were there, they were right. I mean, how could you have kids? That's again where I want us to remember and know that these were humans like us. If your kid hasn't, I mean, no water for two days for his child, and you'll be upset, right? But God expected them to trust him and just to know that he knows what he's doing. And when they complained, it was problem time. These things were written down for our example. So we know the way of the Lord. He will come through. Amen? Eventually, he'll come through. He has his plan. You know, um, scripture that we quote a lot, uh, Romans 8 verse 28. I know you all know that scripture here. All things work together for good to those that love God. And most people stop there. No, for those who are called according to his purpose. Not your purpose, his purpose. All things work together. He has a purpose for your life. I'll go back to scripture. So we need that deeper sacrifice here. Esther went to a very serious sacrifice. For the saving of her own life and the lives of everybody else, just her own people. And this is what the scripture says in uh, Esther chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Then Esther told them to, to reply to Mordecai, that's her uncle, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, she said. Neither eat nor drink for three days. She was the queen. No food, no drinks for three days. Night and day. So you're not drinking anything. You're not eating anything. How many believers today are willing to go that far when things are serious? Except for crying and begging God and saying, please God. But God says in those days they'll fast, right? And you know it. But how come it doesn't cross your mind? This is going deeper. This is lunging out into the deep. He already told you. This kind does not go except through fasting and praying. So I need to do something. So they fasted. He says, my, my maid and I. So she's not excluding herself. My maid and I will fast also. And so, I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Basically, I don't care anymore about my own life. And in doing that, she saved herself and the whole people. So, we need a little sacrifice. I got to go real quick here. And I'm not going to go into the sacrifice that uh, Abraham made. You know, with his son, Isaac. That's a very serious sacrifice also. But God sometimes demands this type of things. I don't understand why. But he's like a test. If you are willing to give him that, then let it go. Let it go so he can give you something better. 
That's the way it is. So Peter said to Jesus, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense what you're telling me to do. Uh, but at your word, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to listen to you. Now, look, notice what, he say, what Peter was saying. We know this water. We, we know, we, and, and, and we, we understand this thing. And we have really worked. We use all our fishing knowledge and wisdom. And, and, and we got nothing. And this is not the right time to catch fish. All night we've been working. We did it at night when we were supposed to, and we didn't catch anything. Now you are telling me to do this. It doesn't make sense. It's when it doesn't make sense that you go to, as they taught him, another level of obedience. To just do it because he said so. Amen? Another level of obedience. You don't understand it. It doesn't make sense, but you're going to do it. You're arguing with yourself. Everybody's going to think that I'm crazy. I'm telling you, when God tells you to do something, for the most part, if it's really significant, everybody, don't go ask people. Okay? Be smart. Don't tell anybody. Because they're going to tell you, we think you've lost your mind. No sane person can do this. Kill your son. What God spoke to you about that? Are you sure you didn't hear from a demon? And don't quote scriptures at you too. That's when you don't need to listen to anybody. It's only at his word. Just what he tells you to do. At your word. That's what uh, Peter said. At your word. And we must always... uh, especially when we're struggling and we're trusting in God, trusting in God's word, this is what we must remember. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, he says, let me give you the end. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not your wisdom. It's only by what? His spirit. His spirit can get it done. What I've struggled for a while, I believe that God allows you to go through something to see if you will quit. Things may be tough for a while, and you trust him, and he knows it. You expect him to do something, he will, but he holds back to see if you're going to quit and just let go. That's why the Bible says, hold on to the confession of your faith without wavering, because he who promised is faithful. Unless the Lord builds a house, those who are building will build in vain. So I have to talk, listen to God, just God alone. I want to end with this. They were so amazed. Peter was amazed. I, I believe that Jesus was in the boat with them when they caught the fish. He was sitting in the boat. You know why I know that? Because after, after everything, Peter just went and he said he fell on his knee. Well, if Jesus was standing, he would be at his feet, right? He fell at his, on his knee and he told Jesus, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. He humbled himself. They were so, so amazed at the catch. When God does something this significant with the amount of fish that they caught, 
your eyes go away from what you were, what you think is really important. They were not concerned about the fish anymore. What's going on? How do I deal with somebody like this? Why do you come after us? We're not, we can't be with you. We're filthy. Your ways are so different from ours. It's, it's so much power. That's the way he felt. When you are in the presence of God, no matter how good you feel about yourself, you feel really filthy. But then the cleansing comes. He humbled himself. He told Jesus, go away from me. And the Bible says he was amazing. You can read the scripture, Luke chapter 5 from verse 6 to 10. Not just him. John and James, and James, they were also amazed, including probably their servants. Everyone was amazed at what just took place. And guess what? The multitudes were there also. They just watched it. Don't think they were standing. Probably most of them hadn't gone. So everybody saw what was happening. But as he humbled himself, I'm going to read uh, from that uh, Luke chapter 5, beginning from verse 10. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were all amazed, who were partners with Simon. And uh, when Simon spoke to Jesus, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, don't fear. From now, uh, you will catch men. I'm sure they got it. They got it. The last verse, verse uh, Luke 5, verse 11, it says, So when they had brought the boats to the land, what did they do? They forsook all. They didn't even care for the fish anymore. It was important. They forsook everything. They left the servants there. Read their servants. They left everything. They found their calling. You know, usually they sell the fish for the money. That wasn't important anymore. God, Jesus had demonstrated to them, you can't be with me and lack anything. There's no way it's going to happen. I can always provide for you. They got the message. And so they forsook all and followed him. And for that reason, we're still talking about them tonight. Amen? And forever, until Jesus returns, we'll still be talking about these people. Amen? Because they were associated with Jesus. The same thing is for us tonight. Amen? God can do the same. Stand up with me. I needed to finish this. One thing that I've come to realize is, is the scripture we just quoted. Unless God, his spirit does something, you stay right there. But another thing that I know, again, the principle, if I tell God this is what I want, instantly it's registered in heaven and things begin to change. God, I don't want this for my life. And he knows where my heart is. Especially when there's concern in your heart. And there's a little 
godly fear. God hears you, and He, I, I firmly believe He answers. I, that's my. I believe that because He says in the Scripture, God is able to keep what you have committed to Him until that very day. Day we think in heaven, but I believe day is the day that of manifestation in your life, if you really trust in Him. So whatever your heart's desire tonight, especially in your relationship with him, what you want out of your relationship with God, could you say to God tonight, before we go, he's here with us. Understand? Jesus is here with us, and he's standing right by you. Would you could you tell him what you desire from him? That's what I've come to realize. I'm not alone in this world. He's with me. And I can talk to him. He has all the powers. And if you agree and you speak that word to him, remember they they left everything. You don't have to leave physically. But in your mind, you can leave everything and go after him. If you want to do that tonight, would you please lift your hands up to him as a symbol of surrender. God, this is what I want out of life. I want my life to make a difference. Not for man. Not so people can say something about me. But for your kingdom. Because you gave your life for me. For your kingdom. God you can reach me at any time. I'm ready for you. You can send me wherever you want to send me. Just give me grace. To listen. And to follow. Give me grace. To be obedient. Give me grace. To go deeper. God, in my heart, I'm willing. Help me to be willing. I am willing. I want to go as far. I want my life to count for you. I want to reach others for you. I want to be the light that you created me to be. Lord Jesus, thank you. In your mercy, in your mercy, forgive us every time and every situation where we have come short. You know us intimately. But today our desire is to follow hard after our God. That's the desire of our heart. And we want to be, make a difference in the kingdom of God. While we are alive on the earth as ambassadors of heaven. Yes, we know we are ambassadors. Empower us to reach out. And touch other lives. Make us completely whole in every area of life so that we can be the people that you've called us to be. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And we know that you love us. We love you, Lord God. Take possession of our life. You died for it. We give you praise tonight. And thank you with great gratitude in our hearts towards you, Lord. We say thank you. Thank you, our God. And we honor your name. And let your name be honored in our lives. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for coming.